With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm bringing the horns back. The horns, baby. Mixed martial arts. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. What is up, my friends? Oh, my gosh. Boom. What a night. What a night. You already know. Welcome to UFC 273 post-fight show here on MMA Fighting. My name is Sean Oshadi, and I am joined by the crew. Let's meet them out there in Jacksonville. He is the host of Heck of a Morning and several other shows. He is my man, Mike Heck. Also joining us, the Prince of Positivity, the King in the North himself, Alexander K. Lee, and the Duval. Lord of the Hot Take, Duval Jed Kamishu. The undefeated E.K. Slayton man in the boards from the producer's desk. And let us get rolling, fellas, because it's late. And we have a lot to get to, and I know my man, Mike, you guys, they're kicking y'all out here soon, so we got to get to you first. Uh, I think at some point tonight at, for UFC 273, our old pal New York Rick said in our MMA fighting Slack room that tonight's card was never meant to be a buffet. It was always meant to be a three-course meal. And that had rung true. I mean, those top three fights, I would say, absolutely lived up to the hype. At the top of the card, you had just a sublime performance by the champ, Alexander Volkanovsky. He retains with what was pretty much a perfect performance against Chan Sung Jung. Aljamain Sterling also retains his title with an extremely co- close competitive decision over Peter Yan. He's going to have himself a hell of a time over the next few months thrown in everyone's faces, and he deserves it. But first, let us start where we started on the preview show. Because like it or not, UFC 273 was the Hamzat Shemaev show coming in, and good Lord, what a special fight we were all witness to tonight. One of the best of the year. Unbelievable display of heart from both Shemaev and Gilbert Burns. And ultimately, he did it. He came in there and he won. Mike, I throw it to you first. Hamzat Shemaev coming in tonight. Did that meet your expectations? Was that below your expectations? Did it exceed it? Where are you at with this? So it's one of those things where, you know, we talked about this on the preview show and throughout the week. It wasn't a matter of of if, it was a matter of when Hamzat would go in there and get a win. And as cool as that would have been, 
if we're thinking about the long-term future of a guy like Hamza Chamayev and where he can go in this sport and in this division, yeah, it would have been cool for the for the short term, but the long term, he needed this fight. He needed exactly what happened tonight. He needed a guy who's going to get in there and punch him in the face and make that man bleed his own blood because it showed that Hamza Chamayev is human. It showed he was human because he's been coming off as like this Terminator robot and even when he walked up to the press conference, like it just seemed like he was a little more vulnerable. Like he was like, all right, like almost like a big weight was lifted off his shoulders that he went through an experience like that. And it sort of hardened him up for the potential run that he's about to be on, maybe fighting the Colby Covingtons of the world, fighting the Kamara Usman's of the world. And it opens a lot of things up because if you're Colby Covington right now and you watch that performance, yeah, you understand that Hamza Chemaev is super tough, that he could get into the trenches pull himself up by the bootstraps and get on the other side with a win. But at the same token, Colby, who may not have been as interested in a guy that's just trucking people, might be like, well, you know what? If I fight this guy right now, I might have a chance to beat him. So it really, compared to where we were heading into this fight, Hamza has a lot more options that he had heading in, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's actually a really good thing. So I think the intrigue levels about this man have actually grown despite him not running through Gilbert Burns like a lot of people thought he did. But un- unbelievable fight. I was in the back. We were all in the edge of our seats. We all had goosebumps. We were going crazy for every single punch and kick thrown. And, I mean, my hat goes off. I was where I went to both gentlemen. Congratulations to Hamza Shemayev. And Gilbert Burns, keep that head up, son. An amazing fight. Yeah, I mean, Mike, you, give me the perspective of, of being out there in Jacksonville. How This whole week, I mean, we've talked about it quite a bit. It did feel like this was the big fight of the week, even with the two title fights. On fight night in that arena, what was sort of the vibe around Hamza Shemaev, Gilbert Burns? What was the vibe afterwards? Just get, set the scene for us. So so we're in the back, and the way this arena is structured, like you could kind of see above me, it's almost like stairs are going up. Like it's, it's crazy. When that fight was going on, it was literally felt like an earthquake in here. The place was shaking. That's how into the fight people were. I could hear anytime the crowd made any noise, I could hear it. But when that fight was going on, it was like the whole room shook. That was the perspective I had. These people were all in on it. Gilbert Burns, Hamza Shemaev, these guys got after it. The fans appreciated it. And it's always great when something is hyped up so much. It's built up so much. Not only does it deliver to the expectations people had, this one delivered 20 times bigger than that. And this is going to go down as one of the all-time great fights. This is going to be a fight that maybe five, six years from now, much like Cub Swanson, Duho Choi got the got the rub tonight. This could be a fight that ends up in the UFC Hall of Fame five or six years from now. So I think the people who are here to see it live witness something special, and they certainly felt like they did because the room back here was shaking while we were watching in the media room. Well, Mike, I wanted to stick with you here for a second because, again, we are, we're losing you in a second. Seems like Colby Covington's next. I mean, we heard this earlier we heard this you know coming into the fight that colby was the fight they were sort of looking at next for hamzat especially now that at, with the way this plays out it feels like we can slow things down a bit as you said there's no rush anymore now to rush him into the title shot and i think that's actually a good thing is the, the colby fight for you is that the way we go with this at first i was like i mean it's cool but i i also thought like all roads were going to lead to hamzat getting either an interim title fight or getting an actual title fight. And it seems like all signs are pointing to Usman versus Leon Edwards sometime this summer and when and where TBD. 
But right now, after that fight and after that performance, I'm literally about as I don't know if I could be more fascinated about any other fight for Hamzat Shemaev right now because I don't want him fighting Kamara Usman right now because I feel like the as great as Hamzat was and as great as that fight was, you have to think that Kamara Usman watched it and his confidence grew. So I think Colby's the right fight, and I think Colby presents some really interesting challenges to Hamzat Shemaev. As good as this guy is, as terrifying as this guy is, especially in a five-round fight, I'm I, like and we were talking. We talk about betting lines and stuff like that. I would say like it would be like a minus three fifty Hamzat heading into the, tonight. I would say right now Hamzat's still the favorite, but it might be like minus one eighty, like minus one seventy, maybe even it's like even closer than that. I think it's super interesting, especially when we get to rounds three, four, and five. If Colby can can survive the devastation like Gilbert Burns did, but I'm super fascinated. Welterweight just got a big boost, and not just in the championship picture, but right below it too. Colby Hamzat is huge. And this is an opportunity to give, to even get Colby back into a trilogy fight with Kamaru. And so the stakes are super high for this fight and they do it on ABC. What a giant platform to have it. Well, quickly, man, I want to get your perspective just on the rest of the night. Obviously we had two other title fights, big, big moves from Aljamain Sterling and Alexander Volkanovsky, both who was your standout from, from the two title fights? What was your big takeaway? I mean, it's got to be good for Aljamain Sterling, feel-good moment, come through and, and, and win the title and shut up everybody. I mean, that's going to be a tremendous feeling for that guy, but it's got to be Alexander Volkanovsky. The guy went out and was like David Wells, just, just chucking pitches right down the middle, perfect game, just was fantastic. I mean, he has looked so tremendous in his last several fights. That Brian Ortega fight, outside of that third round, I mean, he put a beating on that man, and I thought that was going to be one of those performances that was going to age so well that we'd always go back to that one. This was incredible. Nobody does what he did to the Korean Zombie tonight. That fight could have been stopped easily at the end of the third round. He comes out in the fourth, and Volk just looked like he needed it. He, he was going to go out there and make a statement, and he knew he was going to make it. Whatever Korean Zombie and his team had planned, it was like Alexander Volkanovsky had a spy in the room and knew everything he was going to do. I was so impressed by this guy to the point where he might very well be the best fighter on the planet, pound for pound. He might have jumped Kamar Usman with this performance because he was that Whoa. good and he was that perfect. I mean, this is an A+. This guy went out and had an A-plus performance tonight over a legend and just a tremendous fighter guy that everybody respects. He might be the number one guy in the world. I don't know if I, I don't know if he'll be my, there's a, there's a chance I will be having an internal discussion with myself, whether or not Alexander Volkanovsky is the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. It's going to be a very tough discussion, but I will say this. I have number four in my pound for pound rankings right now. He will not be number four next month. He will be three, two or one for certain. Wow. Look at that. It's a hell of a night for the champ, uh, for both champs, actually. Aljamain retains as well. Mike, you guys killed it. You and Jose both all week out there in Jacksonville. You, you absolutely crushed this coverage. We appreciate you so much, man. Thanks for staying late with us. Thanks for giving us a few minutes. Uh, safe travels back, my man. I got one more thing got? to say. I got one more thing to say. I know. Uh, I, I know. New York Rick had a great quote with the three course buff- with the three course meal, and I get exactly where he's coming from. But sometimes. When you have a three-course meal, you get a little thirsty. That glass of water tastes delicious. The Diet Coke, maybe uh, maybe you're into a frosty beverage. I think we got a little bit of everything tonight. We got, finally, 
finally, Alexi Olenek, the 60-win graphic that Jose Young made like yes. 14 years ago. We finally got to put it on social media. So congratulations to Alexi. Congratulations to Jose to finally get to show the world that graphic. Also, congratulations to Mike Malott because that was a ferocious knockout. He had an A-plus post-fight interview, and then he had like an A-plus-plus post-fight scrum as well. He didn't get a bonus, but what he's trying to do, the more important thing about donating money and, and, and helping out his coach and his family and, and, and his coach's daughter, who's who's going through a really hard time right now. Now Dana White's going to match his win and show money to, to donate to that cause so that Mike, Mike Malak can keep his money. That guy deserved a bonus, and maybe this means more to him than that. So, yeah, we had some good fights. We got a lot of decisions, but in the end, this is going to be one of those cards that we're going to be talking about at the end of the year. But thank you guys for all the support back there at uh, MMA Fighting. Appreciate you all, and uh, Godspeed. We'll see you next week. No, no Mike, I'll see you. There, my Mike, I'll see you. Oh, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow, tomorrow. Okay. I'll, I'll see you in a few hours. In like four hours. Hold on. We have a live on to the next one coming up Sunday morning. <laughs> I'll see you in a few hours, buddy. It will not be live. It will not be live. Oh, be, oh thank because, God. Oh, thank yeah, God. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, travel day, all that stuff. There will be an on to the next one on the podcast network, the greatest podcast network ever. Good night, everybody. Okay. Godspeed, my man. Oh, all right, fellas. Live. We have a lot to dig into, so let's do it. <laughs> Jumping back to Hamzat Shemaya versus Gilbert Burns, and then we will work through this card. Jed, I'm going to throw this to you, man. Same question I asked Mike at the start. Below expectations for you. Did this meet your expectations? Did it exceed them? Where did this land for you? I mean, I think it's below expectations because the expectations were so sky high for me for what was going to happen. But that's not to say that he did poorly. I thought it was we learned a ton, and we learned a lot of really good things about Hamzat Shemaya. I think he did – I rarely agree with Dana White, but I think his, what he said in his post-fight presser about Hamzat's pretty spot on. You know, he this guy still is very unproven or untested. He has, doesn't have that many professional fights, and against you know one of the top five welterweights in the entire world, he comes in and, and beats him with with pretty limited experience up to this. Like that's a any way you cut it, that was a really good performance from him. He showed a ton of heart. Uh, Honestly, a more varied striking game than I thought, <laughs> frankly, uh, and just looked overall good. So it, it's definitely less than what I thought because I thought he was just going to absolutely dump truck him. But I thought it was it was a, a great performance, so I can't take anything away from the man. And I'm just excited that everybody else is going to come with me. You guys are going to take the journey, put him at number two on your welterweight rankings, and I'm a visionary and a pioneer, and oh, you guys God. are all just finally catching up. Oh, this is gross. This is the victory lap that, that this man's going to take now is just gross. I, AK, I can't, I can't handle this. You step in here, AK. I mean, it, it, yeah. obviously, obviously, well, let me say, obviously, Hamza Shemaev now is one of the best welterweights in the world, but he's also human, and we saw that now, and I think everyone can see that it, it's fine. It's fine that he's human. The, the, I, I'm already seeing sort of this weird narrative developing of like, oh, he was exposed. Now he's overrated, this and that. And it's like, this is a man who, fourth UFC fight, 11th fight as a professional total, and he just came in here and beat the number two guy in the world in a, an incredibly stacked division. And it was one of the best fights that we will see in 2022. There's no way that this is a disappointment. Like This was a, an incredible performance, however you slice it. For you, the, 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 tonight's action, the way this all played out, does this make you more or less convinced that Hamza Shemayev will hold UFC gold at some point? 
Oh, more, more. Uh, not like a lot more. It's not like I, 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 it would be closer to like steady, but I, but I mean, I think my expectations for him were already pretty high. Um, cause I was saying before the show, uh, that even a lot, that a lost Gilbert Burns, I don't think that necessarily derails him. Um, and I think we would have learned a lot from that too. And I think I also saw some people saying that they thought, uh, Burns did win the fight. So, so, uh, in some people's minds, uh, this was kind of a, uh, an L, even though it's not official for Shemaev. But again, just judging the action itself, regardless of whether you think, uh, Shemaev clearly won a decision or if you got away with the decision, he showed you a lot. He showed you a lot. And he showed you a lot of what you needed to see in a contender. Because you want to see resilience. I think resilience is a key. There, there, there are now. Look, there are some fighters who just bulldoze their way to a title. I mean, uh, Cody Garbrandt is probably an example. He had all those highlight reel knockouts, and then he puts on the greatest performance of his life against Dominic Cruz. It was just this this ninety degree angle trajectory, uh, and then and then of course uh, burnt up pretty quickly after that. But um, but most champions aren't like that. Most champions aren't like that. Our, our, our greatest champion, MMA's greatest champion, George St. Pierre, had had a couple of hiccups before he finally became the George St. Pierre that we see and that we view as as, as dominant. Habib uh, 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 would be on the other side, of course, another guy who who I would say uh, you know was was pretty um, pretty one sided with his performances. Though there was the there was the Glyson uh, Tebow fight, there was the <laughs> that one moment at the Michael Johnson fight. People always point to so these moments of adversity are, are become part of a champion story. And one day I, I don't, I never like to say when with these things, but strong, if one day strong, if uh, Hamza Shemaev does become a UFC champion, we will look back on this Gilbert Burns fight as a, as a positive, as, as a great part of his mythology, not as like, Oh, I, he, I, he got away with one there. And, and, and I didn't think uh, it was at that moment, you know, I started to have doubts. It's like, no, no, this, this happens. This happens to all great fighters. And, uh, Again, the fact that he, hey, listen, he, he is still undefeated. You know, we're, we're talking about it like he was tested and like he lost. And no, man, the, the, the record is still is still unblemished. Uh, he's still clearly one of the most exciting fighters in the UFC. If there was any question of that, I mean, he's not just bulldozing through overmatched competition. He just put on one of the best fights of the year against me personally, my number two in my, in my personal rankings, Gilbert Burns. Uh, and now he's going to take that spot. So, uh, yeah, definitely slight slight bump upwards as far as my my uh, expectations for him which were already sky high i mean jed same thing to you man because i honestly i come away from tonight so impressed by this guy and i feel like some people aren't so i wonder you more or less convinced that he's a future champion now tonight than you were this morning i am less but again this is a major caveat i think he's still going to win a ufc title i was pretty convinced that he was going to win two ufc titles before tonight I am a little less certain that he can go up and, and get the middleweight one. I think that's still in play. I'm, I'm not willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater because of one tough fight. But I think we saw some limitations. And so now, whereas there weren't any before, he was unbounded in my imagination. Now there are some real things that he can fix and can work on. But he's also 27. I know he's relatively young in fight years. But – he is if he was 22 or 24 no questions at all he's going to be a two division champion at 27 knowing that he has some clear limitations that he maybe didn't fight the and he acknowledges didn't fight the best fight for himself he got drawn into a battle that he shouldn't have been drawn into that raises questions especially when his road to a title will go through Kamaru Usman one of the greatest fighters of all time and potential is Adesanya also one of the greatest fighters of all time. So I still think he's going to hold the belt at some point. I'm just less confident he holds two, though I still think that's in play for him. 
It did feel Three's too. I mean, maybe out though. <laughs> yes, fair. I was like, fair. I was like, all I was almost ready to be like, I think he's going to be the first three division champion, and that one, I'm straight out on three now. <laughs> that's I don't think he's getting the two hundred five. Well, I think that that's one of the things that tonight did, right, is it grounded us more in reality with this because this was getting really fanciful for a while because of just the, the historic nature of how this has sort of gone up until tonight. Like we had never really seen anything like him until tonight. Now it just feels like a much more realistic person, athlete, yeah. fighter, like however you want to frame it. AK, I mean, the Colby fight. That feels like this has to be the way to go from now, right? Like that that's the fight. I don't feel like there's this urge now to, to push him to Usman or, or anything like that. Like it has to be a Colby. The only downside to the Colby Covington fight is that if Covington beats him, I shouldn't say it's a downside because then, yeah, you probably set up a third fight with Usman. But that's a fight that Usman is probably not interested in taking anytime soon. I know both their fights were, were really competitive. I, I, I'm one of those who says, hey, anytime you can throw the two best you know, in any division in there, you should do it. But I do think fans are a little bit burnt out because it's not just that they fought twice. It's that like the feud is was pretty intense. Like even even in between their two fights, there was so much back and forth trash talk. I, I just I don't know if that's a fight you can sell a third time so soon. And if you beat Shemaev, I I don't think they have any other direction to go. So that's my one my one caveat. I would pick Shemaev to beat Covington. But that's that's an assumption, not but not anything close to a guarantee. And I think if you uh, you're Dana White and the Matchmakers, you have to consider that because again, um, perfect world. Shemaev runs through Covington. You have this fresh challenge for Usman, and and maybe uh, and then Shemaev beats him, and then you have a fresh champion. It's great. You start this whole cycle all over again, and people gain tell shots. Da, da. Um, but that's 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 a dangerous game to play. It, it is a bit of a dangerous game to play. Uh, so. I do like it. Dana White did say that uh, would likely be next. He said that in an interview. This is kind of a Dana said moment. You guys can uh, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, I have to think what other options there could be. Like, I still want to see the Neil Magny fight, but it really just feels like he jumped over that by beating Burns. And if you're him, why, why, even if, let's say, Neil Magny, uh, let's say he takes care of Shavkat uh, Rachmanov and just destroys him, even if you're uh, if you're seeing that in your Shemaev, you're probably just still like, I don't really want the Neil Magny fight right now somewhere down the road. So if you're him... You, you want the Colby fight. I mean, that's the way to go. If, if not an interim title fight with Leon Edwards, if not an instant title shot with Usman, uh, that's your best probably non-title option. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, let us now move on and talk about the champion, the man, the best featherweight in the world. I've been silly with this for the rankings, I think, at this Thank point. I've you. come around. Finally. I've come around. I've come around. Tonight was his night and what a night it was. I mean, his first Alexander Volkanovsky's first finish as UFC champion. And it was never really in doubt. I mean, in total control from pillar to post, it felt like he could do anything he wanted in there against Chan Sung Jung, Korean zombie. Jed, what did you see tonight from the champ? You saw what I've been saying to y'all forever. That dude's the best 145 on the planet. He's there is no bigger Jose Aldo mark than I am. And Jose Aldo is still the goat because of all he's accomplished. Well, Volk has a real chance to take the title because that dude's the best featherweight on the planet and God love Max Holloway, but he ain't it. And he ain't going to ever beat that dude. Like he's just never, they're going to have great fights and they might fight eight times. And in each of them, Volkanovski is just going to slightly beat him because he is so good at so many things and at putting all of those pieces together in a dominant and tremendous way. Maybe this is hyperbole. Maybe I'm just a little too caught up in the moment. 
that may, might actually just be the best performance I've ever seen a fighter put together in the cage. Like, from a pillar to post, consummate in, not a one-shot KO, he tuned up Korean Zombie for however 16 minutes or whatever it was before Herb Dean, thank you, because Zombie's corner are assholes. Uh, Herb Dean, you did your job, but... Volkanovski did his job better than anyone else in the world tonight. I thank you for mentioning Herb Dean because that was one of the best stoppages that I've seen from a, a referee. Gets a in lot of crap. That's great. For a, long, a, crap, a long, long, long time. Perfect. Like Herb ha- has has taken it on the chin for quite a few number of years at this point. He's had some and deservedly so stoppages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was yeah. a lot of that wasn't unfair. He's had some rough moments. Tonight was um, brilliant brilliant moment like that needs to be submitted instantly into every video you know tutorial that they show these judges teaching up and coming referees things like that like that needs to be inserted into that immediately because that was a boxing stoppage tonight and it was merciful and it saved korean zombie whatever kind of extended damage that he was about to take and this was not going to turn around and we need to see more stoppages like that and i hope tonight sort of sets a trend for that uh but ak i mean it does feel like we mentioned it a bit on the preview show, but like Alexander Volkanovsky is really evolving into somebody very interesting in front of our eyes. He's coming to his own. He's very comfortable. He's very confident in himself. And he he's said, you know, a thousand different ways. He just doesn't care anymore about what everybody else is talking about. He's going to do him and he's going to have fun doing it. And it feels like this was kind of the fight and the kind of win that he needed tonight of finish. It was decisive. What do you what do you see there? Well, I mean, I loved the uh, I don't care persona because it was it was believable. We see we see fighters, we see athletes kind of say that sometimes, but but you can tell they're 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 putting it on. They're trying to convince themselves, like as much as they're trying to convince us that I don't care. I don't care what the media says. I don't care what fans say. And sometimes it just doesn't come off. (laughs) <laughs> just all the, there's a good example sure uh aljo but uh but with volkanovsky you really you really believe it you really believe he's at this point of his career where he's so comfortable in his own skin he's so confident about his accomplishments uh again i'm sure when when the the third uh max holloway fight gets booked he's gonna deal with this, all this kind of talk again like oh do, do you still feel like you're in max's shadow and do you feel like you need to beat max to be considered the best blah blah and he'll he'll deal with those those conversations you know when, when they come but in this situation where he was entering as the he- the headliner, John Annick says all the time about like two or three fights in the card, the man around whom the event was was built. I mean, in this case, it might have been Shemaev, but right right behind that would have been Volkanovski. He was the A side of, of, of the main event. Uh, he was he was against a you know a replacement challenger. With all respect to uh, their Korean zombie, clearly Volkanovski. You know this was supposed to be a showcase fight for him, uh, and it was. And 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 he and he he's acted that way in post fight, but without seeming cocky too. You know, it wasn't like an I don't care as in I don't care because I don't like the media or I don't like the fans. It wasn't like that at all. It was like it was like if you're with me, great, I'm with you. Let's ride together. Come with me on this journey. Let's have a good time. And if you're not with me, I don't need you. That's fine. I I, I he's like I care about my friends. I care about my family, my team, and, and that's what's important. And uh, and all of us should try to be better people. There was kind of that broader message there. He was like, he was like, he's like, I'm always trying to be a better fighter, but not, he's like, he's like, not just in that, like in everything, I feel like we can be better. So as the Prince of Positivity, I'll tell you, I could not have said it better myself. I am so, I was so thrilled to see, uh, to see Volkanovski Ascension. I, I, Jed, I'm with you. You know me, I've had Volkanovski number one. Uh, I, I've, uh, with respect to Holloway, I've had him at the top and uh, it'll be, it will be very exciting in the rankings when uh, pretty sure I think everyone will have. a wild ranking show. That is... 
we have like again a month to stew on that i'll tell you because it's gonna be it's gonna be a busy one we're gonna i have a feeling i know it's like i said it's a month away but i have to make very few adjustments Okay. Well, I'm you're saying. well, you're a hero, but we're gonna have. A don't lot say of, that. Like, well, I think we're don't still. Say, believe don't me, that was not ego like that. Come on, come on. That was, we all know that was said very sarcastically. Uh, the 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 after effects of this will be felt for the next month, so it'll be still be fresh in our minds a month from now, and possibly even more than a month from now. Like there, there was there was some serious uh, some serious implications here. Let me just say, uh, Shaheen, before we, we we go to our next topic, I ran a poll. It's oh. running right now. It's running right now. Okay. Very simple. Who was the biggest winner? Who was the biggest winner? And Aljo actually came out to early lead. Aljo was at like 40% uh, for the first few minutes there. Uh, but now it has leveled. Aljo, Aljo 35, Hamza 36. So I'm not sure what that says about how impressed okay. people were with Aljo, how much, again, they were, I wish there's a better word, disappointed that Shemaev didn't run through Burns. Because I thought Shemaev would be like 50%. I thought just by default. But... It's pretty close. Uh, 35, 36% fluctuating. They're kind of trading the number one spot. Volkanovsky uh, just a bit behind 24%. Well, let me just say candidly, uh, as you know, one of the ringleaders on the ranking show, let me just say that I am glad we're not doing the next ranking show this coming week because I would probably have to take a couple on the chin and I'm not ready to do that just quite yet. Uh, but that is neither here nor there. I, I have to say, man, watching the champ tonight, he is always brilliant. He is always just a joy to watch. But the the decision making that this man makes in the octagon and the, and the number uh, the 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 quick trigger just in his own mind, like the mental chess that he's playing in there, is just otherworldly. It is unbelievable to watch. And tonight, it it felt like he had the script already of what Zombie was going to do every single second of of the fight. Like he knew from pillar to post exactly what that man was about to do to him, and he had the perfect counter at every single moment. It was beautiful. Like it was just straight up beautiful to watch. Jed, when Mike was still in here, he said, I might have to put Alex as a top two pound for pound fighter in the game. Maybe the best pound for pound fighter in the game. Maybe he has eclipsed Usman. Do we need to start talking about Alexander Volkanovsky as a top two pound for pound fighter in MMA? Depends on how you do pound for pound. I said this on either the pre-fight Q&A or something with Mike earlier this week. He, he will be number four for me. Because I, I just do a straight point system and Volkanovsky is great, but he only has so many wins over currently relevant featherweights. The, his last four wins basically are currently relevant featherweights. And so he can't eclipse Usman and uh, Adesanya and Nganu just because of who they fought and where they're ranked now. But if you're just going on skills, again, I've, I feel like I've been saying this for well over a year since the first Max fight. He's he's arguably the most skilled fighter in MMA. Like it, it's him and and Usman and maybe Piotr Jan. Though Piotr Jan took a big hit tonight, so for my money, it's him and Usman. If you're just talking about composite skills, uh, and so if that's the way you're approaching pound for pound, he should absolutely be in your top two, because I don't think there's a good argument for anybody over over those two gentlemen if those are your criteria. Yeah, man, I'm going to have to give some serious thought to this pound for pound list. I'm glad we have a couple of weeks to digest it because, man, did it, tonight was just so impressive. But AK, last thing on this and then we'll move on. What's next from here? Because, I mean, it does seem like Max Holloway feels like the next step, the obvious next step. This That was supposed to be the fight already. This was a replacement tonight, the zombie fight. Is Max next for you? And if so, did the way we saw this whole thing play out, did that change anything tonight? How, how you feel about that potential trilogy fight with Max? Um, 
Well, I, I do think that Volkanovski, for the first time in their rivalry, will be favored. Uh, I, I, I don't know if that would have been the case uh, without this performance tonight. I, I think at most he might have been in like a minus 120. He would have been close to a pickup. I just think there's so much uh, love for Max Holloway. I think the second fight was so close um, that I think I do think Holloway would have been favored. But this time off, there are these questions about, man, is, is there issues with his health? Is he just getting older? Uh, what, are, what is this mystery? Uh, you know, affliction, malady, injury, whatever it is that kept him out of the third fight. We don't know. Uh, and I do think all that uncertainty combined with the certainty that we saw from Volkanovski's uh, title defense tonight will make him, will, will finally make him the favorite. So that that is uh, something that will definitely be different. For me, like I said, I've had Volkanovski as the number one for, there for a while. I'm so impressed by his skills. I thought he, um, he obviously clearly won the first fight with Holloway. I thought he did enough to win the second fight. It was very, very close. And uh, the Ortega fight, that was was phenomenal. And, and of course, tonight, just complete dominance. So um, I, don't, I don't know how much changes for me. I, I, pound for pound, I'm definitely someone who already had him in the top five. Uh, and kind of play off of Jed's answer, if you're going by the criteria of like strength of resume – even then, uh, even then, he he might he might climb up. I don't know if he's going to move in mine because I do have him behind the the Usman and Ganu, um, uh, Adesanya trifecta. But there's a chance. There's a chance. Like I said, uh, Shaheen, it's a good thing we don't have to make these changes this week. I, I'm definitely going to have to think about it a bit as well. I I don't predict that he will rise up, uh, but it is certainly possible that he does so. And as for his next opponent, I like what he said at the post fight press conference. He feels he's in a position to call his shots. Of course, he wants to stay busy. But he's not going to fight just anybody. So, you know, I, he clearly he wants the Holloway fight next. But if that's not possible, I'm sure he'd be more than happy to fight an Arnold Allen. Uh, I don't know, a Josh Emmett, a Calvin Cater, depending how, the, you know, some of these guys have upcoming fights. Yair y- y- Rodriguez is out there. He could be one big win away. There are options. There are options and there are compelling fights for um, for Alexander Volkanovsky, many of which came up when uh, they were looking for a replacement. So uh, Chan Sung John, remember, wasn't even the number one choice. So... He's got options, but Holloway should be next. And if not, uh, I don't think people will complain if, if uh, one of these other guys gets picked. Yeah. Well, it's going to be fascinating to see how this plays out because I think finally we do feel, or at least it does feel like there's a sentiment that, like you said, I, I don't know if that was, I think Jed, maybe you said, or Alec, AK, maybe it was you, that Volkanovski's definitely going to be favored going into this trilogy fight probably for the first time in this whole series. And it just feels like we finally have some, some degree of, of resolution on this, at least, I don't know. We'll see. Moving on. Uh, let's move to the man who should spend the next few months telling everyone he can in the world to F off. Uh, because after a Not year from day. hell, after the year from hell, Aljamain Sterling goes in there and retains his belt against Peter Yan. Uh, it was a controversial scorecard, it seems, for some. Yeah, Dana White out here saying he thought the judges botched it. I thought it was the right call. I could have also seen a draw. Jed, I'll go to you first. How did you have this one scored? Well, the MMA fighting official stance on this fight is that Aljamain Sterling won 48 to 46, which coincides with my stance on this fight because I was doing our live blog. Uh, if you want to call it a draw, I, I haven't rewatched the fight, obviously. I would accept a draw as Jan winning that first round, which is, I think, the sw- swing round. Round two is very clearly a 10-8. Uh, if you do not think so, I think that you are just stone wrong. Um, and so at worst, Aljamain Sterling, uh, got a draw there, but I thought Sterling won the first round and I frankly thought he won the first round easily. Like I don't, there was no, I did not have a tough time making that pick. (laughs) I was like, Oh, Jan's 
I mean, the commentators even even were on to it. It's like, yeah, Jan's swinging really hard and not landing and coming forward, but Sterling keeps kicking him in the body a bunch, so Sterling's going to win, and the numbers back it up. He outlanded him by like 10 strikes, and I know numbers aren't everything, but I thought he landed better. I thought he landed more. I thought he clearly won the first round, and he clearly won this fight. He faded down the stretch, and Jan made some great adjustments in the championship rounds. Full credit to the man. Hell of a fighter, but Sterling... Sterling talked a lot of crap all week and put all the pressure on him and came out and showed out. Talk your trash, baby, because you earned it. Because if he'd have lost, he'd have had to go away forever. And oh, now he can rub yeah. everyone's nose in it, and he damn well should. If, if Aljo had come out here and lost, and especially if he gotten finished, knocked out, however it would have gone, that he would have never heard the end of it. Like, it would have just... It would have been the single thing that everyone remembered for the rest of his career. His it career. would have been I, absolutely brutal. I said it on BTL. I was like, if he loses, he he has to delete his social media because he, he just can't have it anymore. It will <laughs> and I, I'm dead serious. Like if he came out everything because everything he said this week just turned it up to eleven. Like, yeah, either I'm a dumbass and everyone's gonna talk trash to me for the rest of my life, or I'm gonna make everybody eat crow. And when you come out with that type of energy, you better back it up. And he did. Damn proud of him. Hell of a performance. I thought he clearly won and good for that man. AK, coming to you, I mean, how did you score it? And also, I mean, if you're Aljamain Sterling, how hard is it right now to just not go on a world tour telling everybody to F <laughs> uh, Listen, I scored it the same way as Jed. I, 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 I put out my tweet on my scorecard after. I got some pretty classic Twitter. This is the worst scorecard ever. How could you score the first round for, uh, for Sterling? And again, the first round was close. Um, if you want to go by the stats, which, I, which by the way, do not tell the whole story. Uh, Aljamain Sterling, 19 significant strikes to Piotr Jan, 13 significant strikes. But again... Not every significant strike is created is uh, created equal. I think people are giving um, Jan credit for as as uh, Jed said, he was throwing some power shots, right? And so you know, you land two or three power shots can change the whole complexion of a round. Uh, Sterling, a lot of those significant strikes were were kicks, leg kicks, kicks up, and and which again, which I think count, which should matter. But I understand if people would favor the um, the Piotr Jan sort of power shots more. So I, I totally get that. I did have it for Sterling. I don't think a Jan first round score is indefensible. Just to elaborate on the 10-8 thing, again, Jed and I both gave it 10-8 in the second round. Guys, that is the pretty much the definition of a 10-8. He had dominance. He had the most dominant position you can get in an MMA fight. He had back control, uh, Alzheimer Sterling. And he had it for almost the entire uh, round. So he had duration. Uh, he was going for submission attempts, which on their own are not worth that much, but it is uh, effective grappling, which matters. And there was damage. There was damage. He, he did. There was some ground and pound in there. He landed some good shots. There was nasty so, ground and pound in there. Yeah, there was some. There was when some he got serious that belly down body lock. He was yeah. lighting hammers into the man. I, I guess we wanted to see it for longer, but it's like, look, if you're if you're saying round one was a clear yawn round because he landed like maybe three or four good punches, then you have to get then you have to give Alzheimer Sterling credit for the however many uh, like heavy ground shots he landed in round two. So, so for anyone who does not understand why round two is a 10-8, we're after dark here, so pardon my language, but read the fucking criteria. Read the Jeez. fucking criteria. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you don't, if you, you don't know what a 10-8 is. Or AMAK bringing the heat. You don't know what a 10-8 is. And clearly, and I'm a little disappointed, frankly, that the judges didn't either. Because I, I think they, you know, in the end, they got to the right decision. I do think um, Sterling won. If you're going to pick a winner, I do think Sterling won. Draw also would have been very acceptable. Um but guys, read the criteria. That that's a ten eight. But it was but it was a great fight. I, I'm sorry to uh, call people out, and I'm sorry to have to be even a little bit negative because I I thought the fight was really enjoyable. Um, 
I think both guys are clearly the one and two. I think they are clearly the one and two bantamweights in the world. They are. We are probably going to uh, run it back someday, and I'm fine with that. I don't think it needs to be next. Um, bantamweight is so deep. I think you could go probably two fights in between, depending who Jan fights next, depending who Sterling fights next. Could happen sooner rather than later. But I'd like to see a, a bit of space. Another year. Another year. If it's another year between them fighting again, I think that's that's more than fair. But uh, really enjoyable fight. Jed, I, I want to go to you for this because – I'm actually really interested in your thoughts here. You have been the driver, pretty much, of the Peter Jan bandwagon, train, whatever you want to call it, for a while now. Like, you have been number one on that bandwagon. Of the Peter Jan? Yeah, it just in general, and like uh, a couple of weeks ago, I, mean, I hope I'm not betraying your trust here, but you even said, you know, like, the more I look into this fight, like, I just don't see really ways that Aljo's going to win this fight. Were you surprised with how all of this played out? I was super surprised because this is the way Aljo could win the fight. And I just didn't think he had it in him. Like I talked about it on BTL this week with Mike, the way Aljo, Aljo had two paths to victory. He could try and go full Corey Sandhagen and just empty the tank in round one. And it's a, it's an all or nothing. It's an all in bet. And it probably wouldn't work, but that seemed a thing that he at least knows how to do. But the other way it's, it's not like Aljamain Sterling is deficient in tools or ability. He is an incredibly skilled fighter, but his issues, especially in that first fight, are largely mental. Like he he is still not a very comfortable striker. He's not a bad striker, but you can see the wheels turning when he is forced to engage on the feet. And it is always about being safe and then about activity. Like, oh, I need to do stuff because nothing's happening, so I'm going to jump with a big knee. And it's great. And in that first fight, he won the first round by just throwing everything, but he also gassed himself out entirely. And that's it's a really bad thing to do against a guy like Piotr Jan who gets stronger as the fight goes on. So the way for him to win was to not do that, to pick his spots, to get some takedowns and work the grappling, and to just use his range because he's longer than Piotr Jan. And he did all of those things. It was incredible. He like fought really, really smartly and perfectly and absolutely deserves the win. And I just didn't think he could at all do it. I thought he was going to – he so mad about everything that happened. He was going to come in and kind of like Piotr Jan did, try to put hands on him early, blow his gas tank, and then be screwed in the later rounds. And he didn't. So I, I'm shocked that he could do it. But if he was going to do it, this was always the way I thought he could do it. So – Hats off to him, him and Ray Longo and, and that whole team. They were perfect. Dillashaw seems to be next. I mean, he got the call out from Aljo post-fight. He seems very into it. Kind of just makes a lot of sense with the way this division's formed right now. Do you guys like that as the next one? It's fine because it's the right thing to do because Dillashaw never lost his belt in the cage. And so you should close that book. How did he lose the belt, though? I'm trying to remember. How did I, he? Lose I can't the recall. Belt? What, what uh, is, by how, doing how, how, things how that everybody does all the time. So oh, whatever. come on. Uh, oh, okay. You know, you know, Sean, you, you and me, you and me, we know what should happen. It's it's our man. It's it's Jose freaking Aldo. Put that man against Sterling. Because I think Aldo Tell beats. Sell it. Sell it. I think Aldo beats or beats Aljamain Sterling, and that man gets his second belt. If there was any decency in the world, that is what would happen next. But instead, we're going to let TJ Dillashaw probably lose. Oh, my God, tears. I would If if Jose could get that shot and win that, I'd be sitting there crying. I'm not going to lie. I think 
He can amazing. Win, That'd be amazing. I think he can win it. AK, what do you think? I mean, Dillashaw makes the most sense. I I, I don't like it because I he's such an odd case because obviously I have a huge problem with him. You know, this is someone who we know cheated. He admitted it, um, and then just you know, trapes just just traipsing back into a television. Now, now he did fight Corey Sanhagen, a fight that I know some people don't think he won. I was kind of okay with the score, but very close fight. Uh, a lot of people called it a robbery, and I don't know if I blame them. I, I, have, I have not watched the fight again since. That's probably a, uh, a robbery review waiting to happen, unless I already did it. Anyway, uh, but either way, I, I oh, I did do one. You know what? MAFine.com. A TG show, Corey it's Sanhagen. 4 a.m. It's 4 a.m. Robbery review. Okay. Robbery review. I've written so many of these now, I don't, I don't remember. But I, I think I said, I actually think I said not a robbery so i have to stand by that but i mean but it was it was a really close fight and i, I understand the, the Corey's handing and support but uh either way technically dillashaw won that fight big fight. so that's a you know he, he came back he got a win over top five contender he is a two-time champion he, so he's got the the long-term resume as well he's a name he's a name he's not like a conor mcgregor level name but he certainly is one of the marquee stars of the division that's why alzheimer's certainly want to fight him so dana white would want to make that fight happen espn you know, they'd be thrilled. They'd uh, kind of sell it as this weird, like, redemption story, which is also, I think, what they did on, like, Fight Pass. There's, like, a TJ Dillashaw documentary, which I have not watched, I'll be honest, but I know that the the trailers were like, ah, TJ, you know, com- coming back from from having having his title taken away from him. And I'm just kind of like... Really overcoming yeah. adversity that guy. We really need context for this, guys. We really need context. So it's... I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's fair. Again, Bantamweight has so many good fighters. I love the Jose Aldo idea. I just don't think he would get it over TJ Dillashaw. And everyone else, again, as great as this division is, um, uh, they're, they're, they're really all one fight away, except for Marab. And obviously, uh, him and Aljo are, are not in any rush to fight each other. So that's, uh, that's, uh, that removes him from the equation. Um, so some people, so we're close. We're close to getting someone else. But right now, there just is no really great reason not to book Dillashaw and uh, Sterling. Man. Jed, you you really opened something in me with this Jose Aldo idea. Like, I just, I, I can we put together a GoFundMe to make this happen? Like, I will throw in money right now, whatever it yeah. takes. Can we just please get this going, get this movement going? Because it, it needs, it, he could win that. He could win that fight. Could like, that's a good matchup much for him. Win that fight. That's a great matchup for him. It's one of the better ones for him in the division. Like <sighs> at the t- tippity top. So, it's. Also, I just want to say this because I think it needs to be said about TJ Dillashaw. So we're clear. He lost his title because he took PEDs. He also never once failed the drug test while he was at Bantamweight. He failed the drug test for his drop to flyweight. He came out, admitted it, and said, I did it because I was cutting to this weight class, yada, yada, yada. The simplest explanation is usually correct, and the simplest explanation here is that he was clean for his whole Bantamweight run, and so you should just take that into account as he was the best Bantamweight in the world when he lost his belt, and he is still still not lost officially, though the Corey Santagin fight was close. So that is the fight you should do, but Jose Aldo makes me happy. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, one no sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. I totally agree with you. Well, we still have a lot to get to on this card. I mean, let's throw it to the peeps, though. We, it's, it's getting late. We've been going for a while. Casey, I need you to get in here. What's going on with the peeps? What's going on? Where, what are people thinking? Yeah, they're, ang- they're angry, aren't they? Have you been looking at these comments? They're pretty upset, yeah. like just in general. Yeah, but I don't know. We got, we got a bunch of casuals talking uh, here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean that's obvious. That's fair. Yeah. That's more than fair. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, you want to talk about the non-top three fights or just whatever? Yeah. Well, let's hit some. Let's hit some new stuff. Any, right, and also, dude, anyone who's cool. hanging with us at four a.m. Respect yeah. to y'all. You are not a casual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Do 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 do. Um. Oh, oh yeah. Let's talk about this. Also, there's a very weird blue versus black thing going on with the shirts in the order of the, the panel right here. Like, yeah, I, it's I mean, making me uncomfortable. Are you wearing a wedding shirt? We really need to switch AK and Jed. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to switch. Mean, are you rocking Double that fighting? Yeah. <laughs> Double go. Jed, baby. Shaheen, are you wearing one of these? You know it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. This one's coming order. from... Joseph Boza, who says, in what universe did – this is aggressive already. Yeah. Uh, in what universe did Mackenzie Dern beat Tisha Torres? I'm sorry. That was the perfect example of Mackenzie needing the fans to help her mm. beat Tisha. Tisha took one to three in his honest opinion. One and three. I'm guessing by needing three, the fans – Yeah. Uh, I guess by needing the fans, he means like maybe the fans were swelling with – crowd like ovations and, and I, know, I know what he means i know what he means yeah by like influence sway in the judges yeah I, I i think so there's so much action going on tonight so i think it was round one was the big the right. swing round yeah and right. i was pretty like as soon as the fight was over i was like cool teacher Torres won moving on and i was like what so how did you guys score the fight do you remember there was so much action tonight <laughs> jack go ahead 
MMA fighting's official position is that Tisha Torres won rounds one and three. I I think that that's probably true. I also don't have a huge issue with Dern winning the first. I think Torres won it, but she didn't land. I thought Dern landed with more power when she did land, and she wasn't outstruck by that much. So I can see the argument. I just think it's probably not correct. Yeah, that's that's the problem with with uh, Tisha's. I should a problem is a terrible phrase. That's no, that's, it's a uh, problem. That's why she no, keeps I mean, losing. Well, when it comes to judging, when it comes to judging, because judges yeah. are again. I keep going to the criteria here. Judges are supposed to reward immediate impact more. I believe that's the language in, in the criteria. Immediate impact, you know, uh, uh, strikes that are more likely to lead to a finish or more obviously damaging. Um, Casey, you mentioned all the time damage is subjective, right? So it's hard to tell. We, we might not see Tisha's shots as being particularly hurtful, but we don't know. We're not the ones getting hit by them. But for the judges, they are going to lean towards the more dramatic moments. I think uh, Dern had a big moment like at the end of the first round, right, where she kind of – she really kind of caught her it with someone. big overhand where Tisha – Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it sounds – crappy but that what that one hit, like strike and, and however uh, uh torres reacted to it that might have swayed that that round it was the most meaningful um, strike of the round like yeah it wasn't and, like Tisha was landing you know anything but, significant i thought Tisha yes. controlled that round for the most part but but yeah. th- but this one of those things when you're when you're the fan favorite which i'm pretty confident mckenzie was mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. shots that are blocked if the judge is at the wrong angle to the judge if they hear the crowd roar they assume it lands. So yeah, yeah. when you're a fan sure. favorite, close rounds, and I'll 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 go, I'll go ahead and say it's a close round. I can see why the judges gave it to Dern, but and she, I mean, and, and record uh, for Joseph Boza who asked the question. Mackenzie also had the best sequence of the fight with the, her sick well, so that's, in the cage to yeah. go for a body lock, scissors, Kimura. So I mean, if we're going by like who who had the coolest pride best rules. moment and then pride rules. that universe, it, this is like when, pride when, rules. Uh, when just pride rules, Mackenzie wins that fight. Yeah, in Pride Rules, Dern wins that fight. But also, like I've said it, I've said it for a while now with McKenzie, and like she's an Arizona person. I saw her growing up, like or coming up in the game. Like I followed her pretty closely. Like I was at some of her her fights before the UFC. She has always just needed to be able to perfect like the one go to against the cage clinch takedown or something, just like something to get this fight to the ground because that is just the biggest gaping hole in her game right now. Is like have any. Her inability to drag the fight to the ground is consistently stifling her in these type of fights because you saw once you get once she got it there, like that second round, watching her like grapple with anybody and just the jaws of death that she puts these women yeah. to, it's unreal. Like it's harrowing to watch so this fun. stuff. That second it's round fun. was unbelievable theater to fun. watch. And it's just I want more of oh, that. Rogan Rogan like, into that fight like five times. That's it. That's it. That's it. Like, if she can just get that one Damian Maya takedown that he perfected and was able to do to really well for pretty much the entirety of his career, like, that's it, man. That unlocks so much for her because as soon as she gets it there, no one in this division can stand with that. Like, no one can even come close to hanging with it. And it's so much fun to watch. Like, the the different transitions and sweeps and just escapes and, and submissions she was going for. Like, it's just, again, Jaws of Death style. Like, it's so crazy, her compared to everybody else in this division. Is it a, is it a weird comparison? But I really think Mackenzie Dern is a, is a better version of Ronda Rousey, but in a much better division. Hmm. I, I see where you're coming from. I don't know if I agree, but I kind of like understand. Well, I mean, like I a, a simple striker, but can, can't throw head. really heavy, 
Ronda could throw heavy, just wasn't a good striker. But she, but if it lands, it hurts. Dern can throw really heavy, not necessarily a great striker. Neither of them have, neither of them are good wrestlers. But if they do take you down, you're, you, it's trouble. But Ronda had a was R- really good at getting people down. Ronda actually, yeah, she has judo. Ronda couldn't wrestle. Ronda couldn't wrestle. Ronda couldn't wrestle. But no, but she could get. And, that, and that's down. why she lost when she yeah. when people figured out. Oh, I just when they figure out how to fucking oh, sir. I'm cursing Whoa. now, like AK, jeez. I took the lid off. I We're doing good things here, buddy. the language thing when I know all this on YouTube. When everyone figured out how to how to stop her judo throws, kind of it stopped her game. And if you can basically keep Dern in a stand-up fight, you should win the fight. That's why I'm just. But the division so much strawweight is such a better division than bantamweight. I think you're on to something, but I think Dern is not the same. Dern, Dern has no takedowns, like none. Like, no. Yeah, she got body locks and clinches, and then her takedown she was jump guard, like full guard. yeah, jump. yeah, she jumped and guard. She, like, it works. she doesn't it like doing it. it. She's it like, works. I don't like doing that, but I wasn't she, succeeding anywhere else, so I did it. I, I like that she was just kind of like, if I can't take this fight to the mat. I'm essentially going to take the mat to you. I'm going to make. I'm going to just use the cage as my mat and use your body and and, and just fight fight in the air. Which gonna, was super cool. Like it was and extremely it was so cool. cool to watch. Like she's Dude, pushing, she's using her feet to like push off the cage and try to create the momentum to like get him spilling to the floor. Like all of that was so fascinating to watch. I need more of that in her fights. All right. I just need a double uh, leg from her. She had a moment against double. Marina Marina Rodriguez too. But that's why I was talking about Ronda. Ronda had no double. Ronda had no wrestling. She had no yeah. shot. You know, just shoot but. a double. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's, All right. It hurts What's the it, knees. What else? It hurts the knees. Um, let's like let's talk about the um the other lady fight on the card. Well, there were two, but let's talk about the the, the, the more important one. <laughs> the other one. Stoned Stoned Zebra six 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 coming in here. What's next for Kel Pennington? Uh, I don't know. I mean, she had a really nice win tonight over Aspen Ladd. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, didn't she call for Kat Zingano? Or not Kat Zingano? No, Zingano. Sarah Coffman. Sarah McMahon. Sarah McMahon. Sarah McMahon. Sarah McMahon. Sarah McMahon. Zingano's Sarah McMahon. in Bellator. Yeah. yeah. Sarah 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 that seems like a fine fight. Yeah. Another former bantamweight title challenger, yeah. Also, uh, yeah, nope. yeah, I like the McMahon fight. The only mistake yeah. she made was just going like Sarah by one name. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sarah, I, I have a lot of respect for Sarah McMahon. She's not quite on that level that you can drop a Sarah. Part of me was almost like Sarah Kaufman. Like, I what did Sarah Kaufman right do to, to warrant this call out uh, on on uh, pay per view? Did, did she hurt Brenda? I mean, I'd love to see that fight. I just I was surprised that she would no. And I was like, okay, wait. Sarah McMahon recently won a fight. She's okay. They're in the same kind of ranking. That's fine. Um, also, no, also Raquel, yeah, like. Lo- Raquel Loki throwing like 100 miles an hour in her post-fight scrum, calling the the corner of Aspen Ladd a Boy. comedy show. What was that? About? Like I'm just sitting here listening to the comedy show. She, I don't know. She had several examples of things they were Aspen saying, Ladd and she was just like, "What? Like none of that made any sense." <laughs> I think um, Raquel and Tisha are kind of in a in a weird way, almost the same. We said this on the, the Q and A. Like Raquel is like the highest level gatekeeper, and I think Tisha Torres is kind of this almost the same thing yeah. in the strawweight division. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. I know it sounds negative, but people—it's not fighters, negative though. Yeah, two fighters I think are never going to win the belt, but you have to beat them if you want to fight for the belt. They're elite. They're the gatekeepers yeah. to the elite. Which to be that, you have to be elite. Like that, I don't. I understand how it could be a slight, but it's not meant to be a slight. Yeah. Look, Raquel's fought for the title. Uh, Tisha is one and one with Rose Namajunas. I'd still love to see a third fight someday, but obviously this this result tonight is going to hurt the chances of that happening. So uh, yeah, that's weird. They are gatekeepers, but they're also gatekeepers with just like really like really strong credentials. So uh, 
uh, yeah, but I, I do I do agree there is some comparison there as far as their standings in their uh, their respective divisions. So Pennington's better, just so we're clear. Oh boy, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. What's next for Aspen Lad? Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think? She's in a tough spot at this point. Can I ask you guys? Are you going to rank her? Nope. At one thirty-five. No. Nope. Because I had her. I mean, Yana Kuniskaya is ranked. That's her last win, I think. It was quite a over two years ago now. So I I, I I was just doing some preliminary. I actually was doing some preliminary ranking. I might and I, rank her, and I did drop it's Lad just, it's down. Such a thin division. I might yeah, rank maybe her at the, the bottom of the it. top fifteen, but yeah. not in our top. But we, yeah, not in our top tens, right? Um, yeah, it's 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 unfortunate. Uh, the, the the her her struggles with weight pretty much like just removed her from the equation for the last two years. Uh, she takes a very unnecessary fight with Nora Dumont. I know she just wanted to get back in there, 145, and then it loses that. It just looked – it was just a bad fight. Uh, was yeah. supposed to fight at Ine Aldana, loses that fight. That fight might have gone even worse for her, if we're being honest. I, think, I, I think mean, she might have gotten hurt even more. Uh, I'm sure this fight wasn't fun either. But um, And then loses this fight to Raquel Pennington where it just doesn't feel like we were seeing – like the logical evolution of this fighter when that when she was what 23 24 how old is she now she's 27 right yeah she should be at, she should be hitting a prime right now yeah, but she seems to be regressing as a fighter it was like, really i don't think it seems i think it's clear she's well, regressing I'm, boy i mean it's like I'm, look this, 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 this case you fought this is an easier said than done thing where it's like i'm sure all of us are watching like man why isn't lad just going to try and take her down like lad's ground and pound used to be that was how she won a lot that of was her thing Raquel, great grappler, great takedown defense. So again, it's easy for me sitting on my couch eating with with chip, you know uh, chip, chip grease on my fingers, saying, "Oh, just shoot in, just take her down." But it it was a bit shocking. It was a bit shocking as the fight progressed. And then in the end, the third round, she did kind of go to her grappling a bit, and we're like, "Oh, well, it's there. Like it's it, it's it's clearly there." And uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with her corner. Uh, like Raquel said, they're giving her some sort of information that she didn't think was helpful and was not an accurate assessment of the fight. One of the things that Raquel said that they said was that Raquel was breaking. I did not see that at all. I, I don't know I, if that, I thought that would help Aspen Ladd's confidence. I can't imagine why it would. Um, this is a case where uh, I'm just, I'm only going to, this is the first time I'm ever going to say this and only for, only for Aspen Ladd's sake. Open scoring would have helped her a lot. I think. <laughs> don't maybe, clip maybe, maybe she needs that fire. Maybe like if she looked up and like, oh, I'm down two rounds. My corner is lying to me. You're right. My corner is so wrong. Yeah. No. And again, even if it did, if it just, it'd be How nice for her to know. How would have helped her? The one time she did something good was in the third round anyway. I, I just, I just want to see her reaction because, because, because <laughs> she was surprised at the end of the fight. She was surprised at the end of the fight when, yeah. when uh, read it. She was like, oh, I can't believe it. And, and we were like, yeah, I mean. Your surprise is somewhat understandable, but it's also because your corner. I mean, there were like the there were a couple media members that gave her the I think the first round, but mm-hmm. like like I, I think I, I threw this on on Twitter. Like unless that's a clear like you know I'm using a half point, but a clear like ten eight and a half round, you have to as a corner you have to assume that your corner you lost that round. You know you can't if it's there, there, there was no way that the first round was clearly lads. That's all, and so um, that. I hate throwing this out there because it sounds so cheesy, but she needs to change camps. Yeah, that's all. That's the. I mean, that's the answer that we're all beating around the bush. Yeah, she just needs. I mean, and, and I'm not gonna get into Lad's personal relationship with her it's coaches, wrong. her coach, and stuff. But she's still well, really I mean, good talent. But something's wrong. For Sorry, very obvious Jed? reasons, you should yeah. not date your coaches or have 
relationships with people in the business sense. Like that extends beyond fighting and many companies specifically don't want you to do that. And especially in sports, that creates this situation. She super needs to leave and she's not going to. And so she's never going to be what she could have been. I think it's that simple. Let's keep it going. What else we got? Also, AK, why are you like working with chip grease on your hands? Wash your hands, dude. You're on your computer. Like, what are you doing? That's really gross. It makes, it makes my fingers glide over the keys faster. That's a little. That's a little tip for you. That's super like, gross. Wash your life hands. hack. Life hack. <laughs> um, this one's coming from our pal David Sandine. Are we watching Volk in the middle of a legendary career? Seems like he's on that path. I mean, it's kind of starting to feel like that, right, guys? Like, I, I think I saw some stat tonight. Uh, that he has started his UFC career now 11 and 0, and that the only other people who have done that are essentially like in the all time GOAT conversation of like Habib, Anderson, Kamaru. And I think that's maybe the list. Like maybe I'm missing one. That is like, the list. Yeah, yes. That's incredible, man. Like that's incredible. And also, if you look at the, the standard of competition, like if you, you'd have to go back to really like 2018 to find anybody that isn't up to that level of competition because at that point it's elkins mendez aldo holloway holloway ortega zombie like that's impressive bro like that's that's a lot yeah i didn't realize volk's only loss was that walter white i didn't didn't say yeah i interviewed that guy if he if he didn't lose at welterweight think about what we would view his career at right now you should look at the clip of that. He's like twice. That guy is literally like yeah, twice Volkanovski. That man's enormous because Volkanovski yeah, is not a welterweight. Yeah. I mean, and at that point, he's twenty-four and zero. Like he's doing all yeah. of this. Like and it's very weird and stupid that that's how this sport is. But that one loss <laughs> like fundamentally changed Alexander Volkanovski, like how he is viewed. Because like he would be, he would straight up be Habib right now. Like he would be the exact same of where Habib was when he won the title. Dude's 24 and 0. He's starting to finish people. He might be the greatest fighter of all time. And because he lost a fight at welterweight half a decade ago, he's not getting that same love, and it's kind of insane. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't want to like, oh, go for it, Casey. Go for I think it. it's gonna really help Volkanovski in terms of getting that kind of status amongst fans of media. Is it actually his press conference today where he kind of just said, I don't care what people think anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think because that's been the issue with Volkanovski, not his, not his in-cage performance, but to me, like just how we see him has like we want to see these guys as like kind of you no know, gods and stuff. And Volk just seems like a dude who just he seems like an everyman. Yeah, which is yeah, cool. But, like he's a but, great which is cool. But but, but Shemai doesn't seem like every man. You know, Adesanya doesn't seem like an everyman. Auto is an everyman. There, there's something, I don't know, something that's, that Volk doesn't have. But I think it's coming. I think it's coming. And uh, yeah. I think today's performance and even how he was talking at the press conference, coming to the press conference of his own music, just not giving a – I know it's late, guys, but not giving a fuck. And I think that's I think that's what Volk needs. Third time. What are I we know, doing? I know, I know. We, we cannot monetize this. this. We have to click no for – no, this is not suitable for kids. <laughs> No, but I, I mean, it, it, we've said it a couple of times. Like it feels like a switch is sort of flipped within him that yeah. he is just – he's carrying himself a little differently now. I love it. I think it's really cool uh, to see Look. sort of this evolution of him. And man, like I, I don't want to do a GOAT conversation because I kind of hate GOAT conversations. Yeah. And he's not there for me. I think I'm still an old head who's going to have Jose Aldo there for like a while. Like you got to do a lot to get past Jose Aldo. But like he looks like he might be that guy who could eventually get there. That's all I'll say. 
Look at this run he's on. This is, well, I mean, this isn't his whole, look at these last uh, seven, yeah, seven opponents. Uh, D- Darren Elkins, who at the time, who at the time oh, was on a, was on a six fight win streak and is currently, currently now tied with Max Holloway for the most wins in uh, UFC featherweight history. So a, a super tough out. That was the first win in this run. Chad Mendez, TKO win. Jose Aldo, clear cut unanimous decision win over Jose Aldo. Back to back decision wins over Max Holloway. Brian Ortega in one of the greatest uh, title fights we've ever seen, and one that he won very convincingly, by the way, outside of that one, you know, him, him getting in danger and almost getting choked to death. Uh, other than that, pretty clear win for him. And then uh, a complete, just utter destruction of Chan Sung Jung, again, one of the most respected featherweights of all time. That's an all time run right there. So, I, and, and we were not, like I said, he might fight Holloway again, and then we have all these other great up and coming featherweights. This could be. I still think GSP has like the greatest championship run of, of any of course, any fighter in, in MMA history. Volkanovski, if he stays the course and just sticks with 145s and doesn't mess around with oh jumping up the lightweight or doing all this other stuff, uh, he could have a title run that is that compares mm-hmm. to that. And I'm Canadian, so when I say that, guys, you know I'm being serious. <laughs> I, I want to see him jump up because I I really do now. Like I, I actually kind of don't. And that's what I guess I was about yeah, I don't to care say. about like, that. I don't care about la- that. Stuff. Last thing from this on me for me at least is like I actually really dig the mindset that he's sort of going through right now of just like give me these contenders. Like let's just do this. Like this is very Anderson Silva-esque right now and GSP-esque of just like I don't care who it is. Give them to me. I want to fight. I want to keep defending this title. I want to rack up these title defenses. That's really cool to me. Like that mindset of just like, hey, I know that, that two-division champ and everyone wants to be two-division everything. Just give them to me and let me rack up the numbers. Like I love that. That's very yeah. old school. Imagine I've if you add Arnold, Arnold Allen, Bryce Mitchell someday. Um, uh, if if uh, God help us to beat Magomed Sharapov if ever comes back. Imagine if he adds those three names to this run. Like that would be insane. That's, that's, a, that's an all-time great. That's a top five championship run in, in MMA history. Like that's insane. I'm on the record. I'm on the record many times over saying that the hardest thing to do is defend your title and that this would be the best thing. But you guys are forgetting two very small facts. One, I think Volkanovski would whip the shit out of Charles Oliveira or Justin Gaethje, and you know me, big Gaethje stan. I think he wins. I think he wins both of those fights. Uh, Gaethje maybe could be interesting just because of the pure power, but I I think Volk probably tunes him up. And two, uh, Arnold Allen is coming, and I don't know if Volk wants that smoke from him because Arnold Allen is the future. Numero and y'all Uno. need to get on board. He is, is Numero there a shirt? Uno. Is there a shirt that like would explain how, <laughs> how I feel about Arnold Allen? Because I it don't. is. He's Numero Uno. And Vos, you know, he's been fighting a while. He's been fighting over 10 years. He's 34. You know, you don't want that smoke from Arnold Allen because he is Numero Uno. So maybe go up, get a second belt. That's all I'm saying. Are you Jesse in the comments? Because Jesse in the comments saying <laughs> double he? champ is double champ is meaningless, but I would pick Volkanovski to beat Olivera Gaethje, which you just said. And then they also had I would pick him to beat Islam for crying out loud. I don't think you're going that far, Jed. I, I don't think that's. I think you're drawing the line no, there. But <laughs> that's. I mean, that Alexander Volkanovski would be so much smaller than so many lightweights. Yeah, like, I don't like size I don't matters need, at a certain degree. Like he, he is a much smaller. Man than a lot look of at Gil, look at what. Gilbert Burns did tonight. He gave up 30 pounds. That was a great fight. And maybe if he'd been equal size, he would have won. <laughs> All right. How many we, let's see one or two more and then we'll more, get out of here. We just, got, uh, I still got a lot left to work yeah, on left to do. A couple, couple more comments. I just want I just want this guy mentioned tonight. 
Shavkat might beat Hamzat, says does, David. Let's see how he does against Maggie. Maybe. Yeah. He's not. I'm, I'm, he's I, as He's much fighting. people was, was, were all about Hamza, I'm all about Shavkat. And um, I'm super excited about seeing what's next for him. I have Shavkat the highest ranked of any of us. I don't think he's beating Hamza. Ooh. All right. We'll see soon enough. Uh, let's talk about the real star of the night. Heist Viking <laughs> says Olenek should have retired? <laughs> with a question mark. Why? Let's keep yeah. this going. This, he's got this 10 more years. Man. Yeah, this old man could do this for another five, ten years. Nobody trains scarf holds. Nobody trains Ezekiel chokes. Like, no one knows how to stop these. And you shouldn't. And you you shouldn't. shouldn't. You shouldn't. You're not going to get better at them than him. Like, it it doesn't matter. Like, if he gets to that spot, you're going to lose. As soon as this fight happened, I immediately texted my coach and I was like, I want to work on that. Like, because I I have, I I know the scarf hold, but like, I haven't really, really done it in a while. Like, that looks so painful. It's a strong man move. Yeah, it's a strong man move. Yeah, strong man move. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah and you were saying like, on you were saying on Twitter case that one, it, it hurts like I mean your recollection of it anyway, that it hurts like hell, and that hurts like afterwards. You're saying like that's a cold that like after it's off, you're still yeah, like it's, it's just ringing. It's, yeah, it's like just you broke your freaking everything. Yeah, it's one of those moves. Like, yeah, it, it, it'll burn you out to put it on, but if you get stuck in it, even if you get out of it, you're still gonna go like, ah, oh, crap, I got to fight now. Like, it's it's just. Well, but that's not that's not what Jared Vendera did, though. Jared Vendera, he he first he vomited. Fantastic. Then he sought he sought uh, Olenek after backstage. I think everyone saw the clip and he's like, hey, show me how you almost like broke my my neck and like collarbone, bro. Like, show me how you did that. And sure enough, like Olenek walks through, walks through it with him, walks through it with they go for some pull some other guy over. Like, oh, yeah, okay, here's it. So you can see how it looks like here. And I'll show you. It was amazing. It's an amazing clip. Uh, win number 60. Yes, Jose finally getting to use a graphic that he made literally two years ago. This isn't even true. Over two years ago. Yeah. Uh, I've had it saved in my computer. Uh, we've had it in, in the cloud. And uh, finally, it was it was brought to life. 60 wins. 47 submissions. Was that right? Somebody? His 47, 47 submissions. 47. That's, yeah. correct. So, That's so absurd. Quick, real quick on this, because I, I, let's end it with this, because it is getting late. Uh, I was looking at a couple of things, because I'm writing my, my post-fight column, and I was like, what's the world look like? What does the world look like when Alexi Olenek makes his MMA debut, which is all the oh, way yeah. November oh, dude, 1996? I wrote about this earlier. Dude, ni- November 1996. So here's what's going on like First right around the, the week. Right around the week where Alexi Olenek makes his professional mixed martial arts debut. Uh, Bill Clinton defeats Bob Dole to win his second term <laughs> as U.S. president. Bob Dole. Uh, Hot new musical act, The Spice Girls, debut with their, you know, first album, All the Rage. Tell me what you want. (laughs) 18-year-old Kobe Bryant becomes the youngest player to ever play in an NBA game. Uh, And I'm like a seven-year-old me is like conning kids to train me their Pokemon on the playground. (laughs) Like, that's it. Like, like, it's absurd, the fact that this man is still doing this 26 years later. And, like, there are not going to be odes written and tributes written to, to, you know, guys like this, the the unsung pioneers of this game. But respect, man. You're still going 26 years later? Like, that's crazy. And wasn't there also, like, Kay Hansen and Ian Gary hadn't been born yet? They hadn't been born yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No chance. Yes. They had not been born when this guy was fighting. <laughs> it's yeah, unbelievable. Wow. 
and, 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 and I, I should on the UFC how they hand out performance bonuses, but I'm very happy they gave Mr. Olenek uh, an extra 50k tonight for that. Yes, they rarely, took, they rarely give submissions, not uh, submissions. And uh, apparently bonuses. took care of Mike Malott. So apparently took care of Mike, Mike Malott, the one finisher of the guy of the card who didn't get a bonus. But uh, Dana White said he could keep keep your uh, Mike Malott said he was going to donate his his money to uh, his coach's daughter who uh, unfortunately has been diagnosed with cancer. Dana White said, "Don't worry about that. We'll pay for that." Uh, a lot of people were uh, Shaheen. You put the link out there of the GoFundMe. It blew past its goal. I think it was a fifty thousand dollar goal. Last time I That's checked, awesome. it was at like it was at like seventy five grand, That's and that yeah, was a few it hours exploded. Ago. It's it probably exploded close as soon as a hundred k now from out there. So a great story. Great to see the community come together like that. So that was one of the nice stories uh, of the night. And uh, I just want to say, I, I will close the poll now, guys. Aljamain Sterling, biggest winner, thirty six percent, just ahead of Shamaya. Very close, thirty six, thirty three. But I, I, I wouldn't have guessed. I wouldn't have guessed that uh, going in that people would think that Aljo. Way to go, fans! Uh, you got they're it back right. on, yeah. or they don't want to get blasted. I don't know because you're right, Shaheen. He's, he's going to have guns blazing on social media. <laughs> yeah, as he should. As I he can't should. wait for him there, on the hour this week. It's going to be hot fire. There is no one who deserves it more right now than that man. Do your uh, dance, son. Well, I had the music's on. <laughs> the music's on. It's like 4.30 in the morning. It's that time. It's the end of the show. This has been the UFC 273 post-fight show here on MMA Fighting. My name is Sean Shoddy. That man is Alexander K. Lee. That man is Jed Mishu. That man is Casey. He's the best producer in the business. He's undefeated. Also, Mike Heck out there in Jacksonville, killing it all week. Jose Young's out there in Jacksonville, killing it all week. Uh, we got on to the next one coming on Sunday. We got the MMA Hour coming on Monday. Fighter versus Writer Tuesday. MMA Hour coming again on Wednesday. All sorts of stuff coming. Keep it locked to MMA Fighting. You already know. Best in the business. We will see you later. Thanks for keeping with us. We love you guys. Stay safe out there. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the phone? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.